Hello. Welcome back to another episode on the podcast. Today, I have a new guest today. Can you introduce yourself? My name is Kennedy. Hey, Kennedy. So today in this episode, we're going to talk about something very big in our life because we're both African-American. And since all the protests that happened in the United States of America, we want to talk about the idea of Black Lives Matter or the BLM a lot of people know as. What is your thought about the Black Lives Matter, Kennedy? Um, I honestly feel like it's a very big controversy right now. Um, and I do feel like it's a very important that Black lives do matter. Not saying that all lives don't matter or a white person's life don't matter. But right now, it's a uh, main focus is saying basically that Black lives are the ones that are on the line getting shot by doing basically nothing or just being Black itself. And that you can't say all lives matter until Black lives matter. And that's a down. And from the beginning of time, Black lives have not mattered. Yes. Yeah, because looking at like protests going on ever since the death of George, uh, George Floyd and, you know, Breonna Taylor, this protest has been causing a lot of outcries and riots and even peaceful protests going on around America, even across the world. And, of course, if you just look at any type of social media, it's like a big debate. And a lot of people trying to say that black, saying Black Lives Matter is not a political statement. It's basically just a statement saying that human rights are being violated here in America. Mm-hmm. And it's just something that people are trying to talk about and people are trying to wondering what we're talking about Black Lives Matter and what is like what are we trying to say when we say Black Lives Matter? Um, basically, like when we're saying Black Lives Matter, it's like I just said, it's like it's focusing on Black lives itself, living, being able to live not be die because you're black or not be threatened because you're walking in the street or you're too dark because you have on black clothes. It's, it's like we can't even wear black clothes walking out, especially not at night, nor forbid where it looks sketchy if we're wearing anything black, except for if a white person or anybody else wears black at night, it's okay, you know, for being too dark or, you know, it's automatically assumed that we have drugs on us or a gun on us. and. And that's basically what we're saying. It's like, protect our lives. Who can we go to? We cannot go to the police because they're the ones who's killing us. But who else is there? And honestly, I know a lot of people don't realize that going to like an FBI, um, they're able, actually able to have to investigate hate crimes if you call yeah. it in or tell them about it. But a lot of people don't know that because, you know, they think it, FBI is just like hard to reach or different things like that. And because nobody reaches out about the actual hate crimes, nobody is going to them. So they're not doing anything or doing a full investigation on the situation. Yeah. For instance, like, um, remember happened back in like in April when we heard about Almond Aubrey, the guy from Brunswick, Georgia. Mm -hmm. And then how... It got so big and they feel like it was so corrupted that the Georgia Bureau of Investigation had to come in to investigate the whole to investigate the whole thing. And it was it was very really bad, as in like 
how people reacted towards this whole situation. And I had watched the video. Have you watched the video of that uh, murder? I did not. I, things like that I try to avoid on the media. It's just so hard to watch it because although there is a lot of things going on, but just knowing that I can be shot at any point in given time because I'm Black and, you know, or being somebody, me being charged for something that's not even my responsibility or getting no justice, it's really hard to watch that as a Black person of things happening like that to other Black people. Yeah. Because we watched the Aubrey case, like some people are saying that why everybody was trying to make it to a hate crime. This is not a hate crime. It's just somebody, they thought someone was stealing from the property. So they went there trying to protect their own. But the more when the DBI went to investigate the whole thing, they said, yes, it's a hate crime. They said that, like, for instance, they said one, the guy, he, uh, Aubrey, was actually running, uh, wearing running shoes. He had no weapons on him. And that when he was in the house that was being renovated or being built, they have video evidence of other people also going in that same house doing the exact same thing he did and that nothing was stolen from that property. And then they look at the report. They look at the report showing that the Michaels, the people who are accused of shooting, well, they did, they sh- uh, uh, murdering um. Uh, Aubrey, that they saw that they had made a report about one or gun being stolen, which kind of aligned with the Michael saying that somebody stole from them. But the problem with it that the murder happened in February, the stolen goods was what the uh, a gun I think was back in the car. Mm-hmm. It was found in uh, it was a report back in New Year's Eve of twenty twenty. So oh, it was like wow. a whole month went by. When they decide when that uh, incident happened, and from what I heard, all that I heard from the whole investigation, what from Mike uh, Michael's uh, defense was saying that he fit the description, and I never heard what was the description of. And it was like kind of stuff like that, like people saying that oh, they fit the description, then that was good. And when I, I kept looking, looking, researching about the whole case. Even and went to the Georgia laws to find out that what the Michaels did was actually kidnapping, and that basically Auburn Aubrey was trying to fight for his life. Which that's why if you if you ever saw the video, anybody out there, you see he lunged for the gun because he was getting trapped by the two cars, the guy who was filming him and the two Michaels. They were blocking him out with the car with the trucks, so he had to do a fight or flight situation and that he lost his life which is to me is murder it honestly is murder because it's like you fit the description okay that's it'll be a different situation or racist on our part if we tell a cop oh you fit the description of a killer or somebody who's going to look like a black person or kill a person and it's like how do you how do you fit a description is it because we're black and blah black people look alike i don't understand exactly especially when something like that happened back in january about the gun and he just so happened to be there in the wrong place at the wrong time but trying to defend a month later (laughs) well yeah later uh, later on trying to defend his own life and so it Mm -hmm. i honestly feel like it was that was the 
mess up situation. And it was kind of breaking the ice to lead us to where we are now and the protesting and, you know, in this whole situation. And honestly, it's a big injustice to us. And I feel like to every person of color at the fact that we're getting everything but justice, you know? Yes. And, you know, instead of getting justice for Breonna Taylor, which is what we're asking for, you know, they play a Black Lives Matter on the street and close it off. Like, this is not what we're asking for. They're giving us this, this and that, except for like by avoiding responsibility, except for everything that actually matters to us and what we're asking for. Yeah, because I'll tell my parents that what I fear was that what may happen that Breonna Taylor killers would not be charged legal reasons because well, they can't be charged legally because one, somebody issued a warrant and because they're acting a warrant of no knock, which means you believe that person is armed and dangerous that they was lawfully allowed to do what they did so they can't be persecuted. And since they just now made that uh, law saying no knock warrants are now allowed in Kentucky, they're going to like push this under the, uh, the rug and say, well, this was our what you call a warning that shows how bad it was. Now we know better. And she just be the example to show you why the thing is bad and nothing happened towards them. And the city had to pay the family, not the police department, but the city had to pay the Taylor family for the wrongful death. First of all, nobody's life should be basically a thing of, oh, well, she'll be our living example by taking her life. She's our example of what we messed up on and anything. That's wrong. That's like us saying, you know, oh, our cop will be an example to show what we'll do to the next person who wrongfully kills us and somebody kills a cop. Like, would that make sense? No, we would be the bad guy in that situation. So why would you take a person's life and then call it basically a living example of what you won't do next time or, oh, this happened this time, it won't happen again. This is what we did wrong. Excuse me? No, that's not what you should be doing. That is not right. That is not excusable. There's nothing you can justify with that. Exactly. Because, like, one thing that... For me, I'm about to tell a story about how the first time you actually see injustice happen. And if you have a story, please uh, feel free to share it. But on my story was that uh, there's a story back in my hometown. You know this place, uh, Valosa, Georgia? Uh, One place is that the guy named Kendrick Johnson. You can actually uh, go to Google, uh, research his name, and you see the name Kendrick Johnson. And at while also high school or Lyons County High School, there was this guy, Kendrick Johnson was a basketball player who was at the time 17 in 2012. And one day people came back to the, the gym, they smelled something foul, and they found his dead body. And inside the dead body, they did an autopsy that you're missing some uh, organs. So it showed that somebody killed him, but then also t- harvested his organs. But some reason the police rule it as accidental death, and find out that the suspect that everybody was going for was the police son. So it showed that how injustice was made for Kendrick Johnson and his family, and it's still 2012 to 2020 now, eight years, and it still have not been 
his family has still yet had got justice from his murder. And yeah, I've heard about this story. It's like, how do you, is, how is a death accidental with missing organs? Do you think he just sliced out his organs in the school and killed himself after that? Like, that makes no sense. Probably after the first one or anything, he would have been dead. So missing organs just makes absolutely no sense. Exactly. Like, it, that, that's a way of affording avoiding responsibility mm -hmm. on their part and trying to protect the kids who did it themselves and I honestly I feel like no amount of money or population or anything like that should be able to like you should be able to bribe your way out of yes yes and it was really big it's like people still like saying like oh well it could have been an accident or some of that so that's also bring like another point the people who basically say oh they comply or if they did this, they went nothing. This one happens. Those type of people, like those people, to me, kind of made me upset because they're the one that basically dismiss any people who actually have these type of problems. I agree because, especially with the whole complying thing, a lot of people like to say, "Oh, if those such and such would comply, they wouldn't be arrested. If such and such would comply, they wouldn't get killed." And it's just mm -hmm. like. How can we comply? You know, even if we do, we're still a threat somehow. You know, it's it's honestly a lose-lose situation. It's it's a flip of the coin if we'll lose our life that night or survive and see the next day. And which is extremely sad because it's like, why would we have to, you know, how is it a, only a 50-50 chance that we'll survive and or die the next day if we do what they say but still a threat and if we don't then it's resistance and we get shot right then and there exactly you like know? um one person yeah. one when he said that the first person came to mind was Wendell Castile I think mm -hmm. back in 2015 or yeah 2015 or 2016 and how he told the cop that hey I have a gun tell him because he's a licensed gun owner in uh in Minnesota and the cop basically shot him within if I count I remember counting like three seconds the whole entire time from when he told him not to get uh, not grab the gun you know he reaching for his wallet to um, and to him shooting him multiple times he shot seven times and only like four entered uh Flint Castile and he had his child and his girlfriend next to him so three bullets that was not accounted for that cop shot so that was really dangerous at how his child was in danger and his girlfriend next to him was in danger too and, oh, he, wow. and he complied like he's, he told the cops that hey i have a gun to make sure the cop understands that if he see a gun he's not some thug out there and for him saying that it would cost him his life and people keep saying like oh well if he just comply or if he just put his hand on the wheel or that the cop didn't give him time to do that honestly i think it's always going to be a lose-lose situation for us until some honest, serious changes are being made. We we can't do anything in these situations. Right now, we're vulnerable. We don't have anybody to really call to get justice or to get help. We don't know anybody else to go to to get help. You know, we comply, we get shot, we don't, we get shot, you know, just for being Black or matching, what, matching the look or 
meeting, you know, the requirements of uh, somebody wanted or somebody who created a crime because we're black, we know we'll get shot for that. It's kind of honestly like, we're not gonna have justice until something changes. And then until we honestly get the people out of the government and get in new people, we're not gonna have justice. And I think that's honestly the biggest problem because we have the same people, because the legislative is the ones who makes the laws and the ones who honestly, you know, can make a difference. And a lot of people, some people do know that, some people don't. And, you know, no matter how I feel against the president or how somebody else feels, like whoever is for it or against them, he's not the one who can make honest changes. The government is. And we're not going to get any change until we get different people in government. Exactly. Which is a side note. Hey, guys, vote on November 3rd to 2020. Yes, yes, yes. Please go out and vote. It does make a big difference of who is in office. Yeah, because you brought up a really good point earlier, too, about how about when I brought about fit and description and how you said, how do you even know if the person actually fit the description? I have, a, it's not funny, but I laugh because it's so surreal and made no, it was so ridiculous that it made no sense. So a, a 16 year old girl was basically tackled and arrested because she fit a description. She was like 5'1, 100, and I think it said 10 pounds. And basically, a, a six-year-old girl, and her and description that the police said that she matched was a five-ten ball guy, a beer. Oh wow! And so it was like, and one thing they have the common was that they're African American. Mm-hmm. That's honestly crazy. That is like that. You you even saying that just brings up memories of when things would surface on the news about the African-American children in school getting tackled by police and how like hard it was that they would tackle them. That just brings up memories of like that resurfacing. Yes, that was, when I heard it, that's why I laugh because it's like, how do you make that kind of mistake? Or was it even a mistake in the first place? At this point, I honestly believe these situations aren't mistake. It's purposely. And, you know, it brings me up of, you know, <clears throat> comparing it to other cultures, it's kind of a thing of what makes me sad about, you know, our culture, African-American culture is, or in general, that people pay attention when it's out there, you know, everybody's jumping on the bandwagon, you know, fighting for it at once. And then it kind of dies down. Yeah. That's the thing what happens like with the Jews, you know, the whole Holocaust and, you know, a lot of Jews got killed. And then mm-hmm. after that, it kind of just died down. And now it's a situation of it's happening again with a lot of Jews, but everybody doesn't know that because it's rather, you don't, you want to seem like you got out of that situation and it's not the same. And so people are ignoring it or it was old news. And it's the same thing. I feel like that's happening now with like black lives. You know, we've always been a target, but we were once slaves taken over by, um, you know, unmelanated culture. (laughs) (laughs) And now it's kind of of like happening again. There is kind of taking back that power and they're doing more. 
you know, black people have always been killed from the beginning, but you have never seen this many back to back to back and injustices happening like it used to. Oh, it's because the whole thing is that what we're seeing now is a lot better than what happened in, mid, in the mid century to a uh, mid 20th century where none of this was being recorded. And, and everybody pretend they can actually pretend they didn't hear anything about it. And the thing, the sad thing is, is that like what you just said, what's happening now is better. And that's the sad part is because we're still getting killed, but it's better than what did happen. So regardless, it's not stopping. It's just a le- little less brutal because we actually can record the people who's doing it. But the situation mm-hmm. is not better at all. Yes. And can say that this is not as bad. Yeah, because... One thing that I want to talk about, because we talk about Black Lives Matter, is talk, you know, you can't talk about Black Lives Matter without talking about what the the protests that first started, the kneeling in the uh for for the national anthem, and how the outcry, the air both sides were like saying Black Lives Matter, and the reason why we have our knee down because we're saying we don't stand for a country that doesn't protect us, but then other people saying disrespecting the flag. And to me, I was I would go to the the first one saying that if you actually understand the history of why uh, Kaepernick, Colin Kaepernick, took a knee, you know that he's not being disrespectful for the flag. But the other people are pretend are swiping the narrative, so it seems like a bad thing. What's your thoughts about that? I stopped kneeling for the flag when I started understanding the meaning of it and you realize we don't say the whole thing and when you actually realize like who this country was made for from since the beginning of time then you would have understood the protest and I feel like at this point like people want something to argue about I feel like honestly some people know and understand what the situation is and what is going on, but because they want something to argue about and make it seem like we're the enemies, we're the bad guys, just like it has always been, you know, it it, it just made it bigger and a more controversial thing. Because honestly, how do you disagree with saying that we're not going to stand for a country who doesn't stand for us and who has been killing us and nobody protects us but you're worried about disrespecting a flag which honestly I just learned that the people who's the the statue that's famous where the four guys are holding the flag and falling down in battle um after they raised it up that's not even the original people who was in the statue because a few minutes few seconds after they did that they died they were shot and killed. And so it's honestly just a thing of, you know, it's not really just starting. It's just been slept under the rug. Yeah. And now that we've made it a bigger deal, it seems like, I feel like we're more of a threat, not because of our skin, not because of our color, because we honestly do have power, but it's been controlled and taken down so much and swept under the rug of how much power we actually have that we're just now coming together and realizing we do not have to stand for this, which makes us more of a target. Okay, so 
I just realized that we do a lot of talking about Black Lives Matter and um, uh, police brutality. That I know that there's going to be someone out there who's going to talk about this to make a rebuttal, saying like the black on black crimes. And one thing I want to bring up is that I do not like when people bring up black on black crime when talking about the discussion because that does not make sense. Because one, we talk about black on black crime. We don't say anything about when white people kill another white person or Asian person kill another Asian person or Hispanic person kill another Hispanic person. And they don't, we don't call them you know, white on white crime or Asian on Asian crime or Hispanic on Hispanic crime. We just say there's a homicide or something like that. But when you say like black on black crime, you basically make it seem like more of a thug and basically seem like, oh, they're a murderer and a killer and they kill their own people. And the whole reason why most likely black people are more inclined to kill another black person is because around that population, around that area, are black people. There's not like a mixed thing. Like if you go to a the projects and something like that, there most likely be more black people in that area. So most likely if somebody get killed in that area, it'd be a black person. Same thing if, you, if somebody get killed in a white neighborhood or something like that, it'd be a white person or another white person they kill because that was in their area. So when you say black on black crime, it does not fit because if you're in a populace by around, around people just like you, of course, the higher chance of you getting killed by another black person in a black neighborhood is very high than a white person killing a black person in a, in a black neighborhood. Almost definitely, and I I completely like a hundred percent agree with you. There's no such thing as like just black on black or white on white. You, that's like how it's only partially a big thing when a white child decides to shoot up a school, and there's been a lot of shootings with that. But then yes, white on white. Decade alone. Exactly. And you realize how quick it ends. But then when it's a black person shooting another black person, there's a label to it. And it's just like, well, okay, what about everybody else? It's only because we're a threat and because of our skin color that it actually matters. How is it that you realize that nobody else besides black and white people identify each other by their color? Mexicans are Mexicans, Asians are Asians, but why are we just black and white? Why has it always been a thing against black and white? I don't know. It's just one thing that makes you wonder what is sometimes what's going on. And like I said, like the black on black crime and you know, stuff like that, it just, like I say, it's just murder. And that everybody, every group of people murder somebody in their thing. Not everybody murdered. I'm, I'm clear up. I mean, every group has somebody murder another person in their group and that it just doesn't make sense why you're leaving one relabeling one group of people on black and black crime and is come out saying like oh this person this group of people are savages and basically murderers that even kill their own self and when you bring up that kind of topic when you talk about black Lives matter with uh going against police brutality there's a huge difference the difference is a citizen killing a citizen is just a crime they're citizens, they're private citizens. But if a police officer kill a uh, citizen, a police officer who's sworn to be protect the public, and they do like a right uh, unlawful murder, it's a complete difference. One swore to protect, the other one didn't. 
Oh, it's a huge difference. I mean, honestly, like people are people. And, you know, we understood that from the beginning of time. You can't control anybody's actions, thoughts, or always understand the reasoning of why people do it. But it is a huge difference. You know, black on black crime and police brutality is not something that could ever be compared. Like you said, they're the ones who are sworn to protect us. And so like a black person killing somebody or a white person killing somebody, that's just somebody who's done their own, decided to do their own actions for whatever their reason was and has a place for that. But then when it's a cop who is killing somebody, somebody who's sworn to protect, you would think, you know, they serve time just like any other citizens or maybe more, but it's not the case. It somehow is justified or like we said earlier that this was just an example and it was an accident and they get the lowest amount of time or punishment or anything else like that. And it's just like, how? We know a black person can go to jail or get shot like that or, you know, since get sentenced for most of their life, but a cop who's supposed to do the opposite, you would think there would be, you know, judged more harshly than what a citizen does because that's the, because they're supposed to protect and they did the opposite and took a life. And it's not, they get the least amount of punishment. And going that too, is that I have heard that some police officers get fired if they uh, told, uh, report another police officer for doing unlawful crimes in the thing, they, like they had this kind of oh between each other, saying that oh you have my back, I got your back, and that's not what we need in like for people who are uh, supposed to protect us, because that means corruption is going to be made. Exactly, and it's just like getting fired. You know, you can't get fired for doing something that harsh and reality so how is it that you can protect your person and only get fired when they can easily just find another job file for unemployment at that time still get money no harm no foul it's like a slap on the wrist you just don't have that job anymore but everybody else will just they'll be they're dead or serving their life in prison and it's just like what because you're a police officer means you shouldn't serve your life in prison because you did a justice and you fought for a certain long until you know, you decided to take a life or do something wrong that makes you noble and not deserving to be in jail like everybody else who has taken lives or done the same crimes you have, that doesn't make sense. And it's it's honestly wrong. And this system honestly wasn't meant for us. And this goes back to <laughs> the government is who we need to be getting rid of. They're the ones who's making the laws, the ones who are, you know, giving these cops slapped on the wrist or, you know, seeming like it's justified or, you know, all of these other things. We need to get rid of the government. We need to put new people in office who cares about us, like not just cares about the nation, but cares about us, the wrongs and the rights, and will honestly judge them, not by off of color or, you know, a label or anything else like that, but will honestly judge for what you deserve. Exactly. Because... That's the whole problem with our country is that we have people who see injustice happen and just stand by and do nothing. And we can't have that as leadership because if we cannot protect our, we not start protect, we can't trust the people who protect us, then who can we trust? Exactly. Nobody. We can only trust ourselves. And even then, it's still a toss up of 
what will happen during this day, what will happen that day. You know, you think you're being extra careful, but you just all of a sudden got a petty cop and you cut up on the wrong day, who's upset, and you're the next target. You never know. Yeah, because like so far from my life, I never had like a, a bad encounter with a cop yet. But it is something to be scared about. It's like, okay, I have yet gotten it, but what I will I get? And that kind of something like, oh, I don't want to have that experience. Cause you talk to you, I talk to my friends like that, and they all say, like, yeah, I remember when I was 14, I was a cop thought I was somebody different and they pull they pull a gun on me. Does a find out just a mistake? I'm like, wow, that's crazy. It is. And, you know, even you saying that, it's kind of like, it brings me like to a topic and the whole ACAB thing. And I don't know if I can or can't agree with that because it is, it is really hard to say about the whole ACAB, you know, all cops are bad. Because, Defund the police? You know, huh? Defund the police? Because it's kind of like, it's hard to say because it's honestly like, I don't believe all cops are bad. You know, cop is a title. You know, that's a job description. You know, it depends on the person. Not every cop has killed somebody or not every cop has done wrong. But then at the same time, it's just like the same way you judge Black people, you know, the hand of one is the hand of all. And that we're, we're obviously targets. We're constantly victims to the system. And, you know, we fit the description. It's the same thing. It's just like, oh, you're a cop, you kill, you're of a different race, you fit the description. Mm. Yeah, it's just that the problem with, that's why we have talk about police reforms and why we need police reform. Because if you don't have police reform, people are not going to trust the cops. I mean, the whole thing about being a cop, you're trying to get the trust between you in the citizen that you are trying to protect. And mm -hmm. if you don't have the backing of the community, then you really should not be there because nobody can, if we don't trust the criminals and we don't trust you, then it's like a big problem already. And that's just something that we talk, that a lot of people talk about in Black Lives Matter and talk about, okay, either you defund the police and take away some stuff that they're not using to help us and actually put that money towards something that could help us, that'd be great if you're not going to you know, re uh, reform the police with more training or and I, and stuff like that. And I think they should honestly, which I know it wouldn't happen because, you know, they're too lazy or don't want to spend the money on it. But I feel like you should make all cops go back through training or get rid of those you know like have somebody else come in you know everybody in the inside can just say oh all my cops are good or we're okay but these are the same people who's excusing things or you know kind of sweeping it under rug but an outside person who can give a different opinion who knows the right from wrong and is not favorable to one side or the other they can honestly say, no, this person needs training or this person needs to be out completely because the type of mindset they would have or the type of thoughts or the words that comes out of their mouth, that's rather really racist or shows that, you know, with this type of mindset, this will put such and such in a bad position or would cause such and such to lose their life because of their hatred towards this race or that race or just in general. 
Yeah. It just, I don't know. It just that's what's so weird about this whole thing to talk about policing and what kind of changes that we need to make policing good. And like you said, if you get like an outside person, do it. It'd be great. Because for instance, uh, we talked about this earlier, uh, Aubrey case. The part that really got people really upset was that in my hometown, there are the guy, the basically the DA wrote a letter saying, saying, oh, Aubrey, he's, he was a, a criminal, his his brother's serving life and all this stuff. So he, you know, you can push it under the rug. And he knew the Mike, Michaels personally because, you know, Brunswick and my hometown was not that far from each other. So they knew each other personally. So basically, he kind of, so as a DA, he excused the murder. And people saying that's conspiracy. And that kind of stuff happened all the time. There's a lot of conspiracy going on. Like, the bring about, like how you said, having somebody else check on the person because I've heard they actually rehire a police officer who, who've been showing records, done bad things, but get rehired for it. And mm-hmm. there are even cases where they're trying to do like a drug bust and the, and the police didn't find anything. So the police grab a cocaine and throw it. You can check on a plug I'm about to put in it. Uh, tonight's show with a uh, daily show with uh, Trevor Noah. They had this whole segment talking about how the police on camera by their own body cam showing them to drop drugs to plant them evidence just so they can make an arrest. And that kind of distrust between the community and the police officer is really huge. And that's why you, like you said, need outside source to say, okay, that person's bad. He need more, either he need to be fired or he need more training. We do not need this thing going on in our department because we need this trust. We need people believing us, but they're not making that effort. They're basically saying, oh, we can't do this. And that's why people are saying defund the police. Since you're not, not building this trust and we can't trust you, then you're basically losing the main part of your job. Absolutely, and I completely agree. That's so. Yeah, when people talk about like Black Lives Matter and wondering why we say this, this is the reason why we just don't have trust in our police, and it doesn't help to know that one at one time in the South that many KKK members, the Ku Klux Klan, was part of the police department, and. So it brings a lot of distrust between the African-American communities and the police officers when they let well-known races inside of their department. And it's hard to know which cop is good and which cop is bad. So that's why some people just assume they're all of them bad just to be break themselves. And maybe they get surprised that you find a good one. Mm-hmm. And that's also leads to like the whole you know, the distrust in the police, the distrust in the government, the government is the one who the police are supposedly going through, you know, they're supposed to be the one who's providing them the training, you know, be able to hiring them, um, just the one who's providing the money. And these are the same government who is just now saying lynching is illegal. Yes, I heard about that. They just now say, oh, lynching is now a hate crime. In two in twenty twenty, lynching has been going on for years. 
white people lynching black people and it's only now a, a hate crime where was this hate crime when black people were losing their lives and so if it took years for even that to be considered a hate crime then how long is it going to take for us to get justice of police killings you know i don't want to wait another 30 or 20 40 50 years for them just now to be doing something you know uh, yeah i plan to have kids in the next few years or the next couple of years and then i don't want them to have to grow up and you know learning worse than us and especially not trusting the cops or not knowing what to do about their lives when this situation could honestly be handled getting the right people into the government and office and making changes to the laws. I don't want it to be a thing of 50 years down the line, then it becomes a problem that can be solved or then it becomes illegal to do X, Y, Z or such and such will then start getting prosecuted. Exactly. It just, that's one thing. That's why I want to do a podcast about Black Lives Matter because I know that a lot of people who argue on this thing saying that for some reason I heard Black Lives Matter was a terrorist group. I don't know where that came from, but people just not even trying to learn what is Black Lives Matter about. And they're trying to say all lives matter. And then, you know, they don't say nothing about people locking cages and stuff like that, or get frustrated about the murders that happened with Black African American in the hand of police. It's, mm-hmm. like it's literally feel like a debate like it's like a, a protest telling people say hey we don't like your protest all lives matter so shut about the black lives and that's why i said hey kennedy you want to talk about black lives matter let's discuss it right real quick because it's something that been on my mind for a while especially in the year 2020 when you had like three big cases that happened this year and even more and especially throughout this whole uh, the 2010 decade where stuff like this was being recorded over and over again and no justice happened. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad to have talked about this case and the situations that are happening because honestly, it is something that needs to be mentioned more. You know, this is not something we need to oh, it, fight for and then all of a sudden okay it's passed or it's died down you know so it's time to you know get over it no it needs to be something that's continuously talked about continuously fought for to get continuous change because if that's the case if we're just going to stop and not you know be as passionate coming into it as we are now and not finishing it off then this will never end and it's going to be continuous cycle just like all of our histories it's a continuous cycle, whether you know it or not, because everybody doesn't want to claim to be a racist. Nobody wants to label. Nobody wants to say, you know, oh, America's still having such and such problems. There are other countries literally laughing at us for this. There shouldn't have to be a whole debate or, you know, or prosecutions or, you know, it shouldn't, this shouldn't have to be a thing that we have to fight for. Exactly. And that's the that's the big problem going on today, and hopefully, like you said, hopefully it doesn't go on for 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 down years the line. Hopefully, just that right now we're in the the generation where we can change it and make some big changes so our children can actually enjoy 
a life where they feel more in harmony rather than how we feeling now um, looking behind our shoulders and trying to see, oh, I'm sure this guy's not a racist or this person not a racist or like that. They basically say, oh, I know this person not a racist. I know this person really cool with me and I feel good about this because this year definitely taught me like, hmm, I'm not sure anymore. And that kind of hurt me a little bit. It does. And racism is not racism is not uh hasn't doesn't have a certain face on it. It doesn't have a certain title on it. Racism can be anyone and anything. So to assume and you know that all cops are bad and racist mm-hmm. is bad because now we're having to result in putting a label on specific group of people because this specific group of people has constantly shown back to back to back to back racism against black people. And so for that to even be a thing, it's honestly extremely very sad and it's making them more, you know, against us or more trying to fight us because we're, they don't want to admit that they're racist and don't want the label on them. So it's acting out towards anger, not even knowing that you're proving the point. Yeah. That's that's a huge thing. And that's why we have to have the discussion around the world, even more in America, as America known to be a melting pot, uh, sorry, melting pot. This had to be talked about. We can't just ignore it like we always do. This had to be resolved sooner or later I agree completely this was honestly a very helpful situation and I honestly feel like this discussion was very needed for all the listeners for all everybody honestly I feel like white people cops black people other cultures need to be hearing this because it's like just because you might not be dying or your race might might be dying we're we're supposed to be Americans we're your fight for the people is for the people. And so it's honestly, you can't have justice without, you know, everybody being a part of that system and everybody having justice. You should all want to fight for the people in your country, not just your own race. So this was honestly a very helpful topic to discuss. Yeah. And I want to say thank you for coming in today, Candy. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Matt. And thank you, uh, listeners out there. Thank you for listening. And for that, I'll say bye. Have a good day. You too.